0: Welcome to Tigers SRD with two hosts who always start on second Chris Brown, never ending parade of mediocrity, and Roger Castillo.
1: Roger, you live in Detroit. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tigers SRD Live. And of course, you're listening to the podcast here at BoulderCityBangles.com and SportsRadioDetroit.com. I'm Ray Hill. i is Chris Brown and Uper. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, R-Heart Media, and Stitchler. And last week, I just realized when we did the live show, I didn't read the questions out loud while we are watching the broadcast. So I'll make sure that the experience is a lot more smoother this time around. So we're just still working out the kinks. But nevertheless, right now we're watching the West Michigan Whitecaps take on the Lake County Captains, which is the Cleveland Indians affiliate. It is the... Right now, the captains have the bases loaded count here in the sixth inning. So this
0: have come is, uh, high leverage moment. Tying run at yeah. the plate. 3-2 yeah.
1: count. And how Reyes perfect? pitching for the Angel Reyes. Oh. Reyes let's see here. And got a
0: little, yeah, he's got, a, he's got a little bit of a long arm action there, but maybe that adds some deception. I don't know.
2: So, yeah. Raj, were you are you old enough to remember Karnak on Johnny Carson?
0: <laughs> yeah, I do That's remember. All.
2: That's all you were doing. You were supplying the answers and everybody out there was trying to intuit the question like Karnak.
1: yeah i was gonna put the was he when he put the envelope in front of his head
2: yeah exactly yeah
1: yeah 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 Yeah, so and he walks him so they walk in so uh coming up today we're gonna be talking about the mock drafts that's come out it's mock draft season so the draft is it's still kind of ways away it's july 11th this year usually the draft is when is usually the draft chris it feels like it's
0: it's usually the first or second week of june
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah so, so, it's, cool. it's a Sunday the night tra- it's, Yeah, and now it's a Sunday night. It's a Sunday night thing, and and I don't like. What I was talking to you before you got on, I think that the MLB will find a way to blow it though because they it can't. It's not going to be the NFL with the pageantry and all that. So I think that either way, I think it's hopefully this is a opportunity for MLB to do good production on the draft night and make it exciting for everybody. So, but coming up today, we're going to be talking to the Tigers. Lost today 5-2, to two. lost now 7 out of last 10 against the Cleveland Ball Club, and the series coming up against the Yankees, we'll be talking also as well, a little bit about some of the, the crazy plays today, including with the Cubs and the Pirates, that was uh, that was insane, and a little bit more of the Tigers, a couple injuries, we saw today that Victor was coming back in the game after he, it looked like he strained an oblique, after a swing, and we'll also highlight some guys who are who's hot right now hitting in the minor leagues a little bit. But first things first, yeah, today the Tigers had it were getting no hit. and thanks to Jonathan scope, they were able to not get no hit. and it mm-hmm. was a game this was a series that again, this is why Cleveland, you can never count out the Indians out of anything. They just have so much pitching, and Beaver was dealing, and it just didn't it looked kind of hopeless for a little while. And then you know you got tomorrow, you got Garrett Cole. Against Casey Mize, who's pitched better as of way. he's had a really good May, but it's Garrett Cole who comes in with an ERA of one point eight one. But impressions today—I mean, this again—the Tigers seem like they had, like, despite the you know, the losing week, it was it could have been worse, I guess.
0: Uh, I suppose it could always be worse. That's one thing I've learned, especially being a, a Michigan football fan. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I guess it's one of those things I, I feel sort of like we were fooled a little bit by the Tigers playing well for a couple of weeks there. Hey, good job, yeah, Angel yeah. Reyes. Uh, it, and I think it's easy to, to, when, when that happens, it's easy kind of to forget that this is still a really awful baseball team in a poorly constructed baseball team. And, you know, you go out, you go out and get owned by Shane Bieber. There's no real shame in that. Honestly, the, you know, I, I mean, he was just, lights out today but you also see them I mean they had to scratch out a win yesterday they you know AJ Hinch had to have Jake Rogers sack bunt that's like that's sacrilegious to AJ Hinch you know he didn't bunt sack bunt an entire season with Houston but you got to do what you got to do to get the win and and this is what you do with an offense that can't really get stuff done uh so yeah it, it could have been worse but uh I don't know
2: I have have a feeling that the whole season is going to have those stretches of misery that we all put up with in April. And then that little 10 game little burst of competence because a few things bounce their way. And then they settled into what they've done this week. It hasn't been miserable, but they played just well enough to lose, you know? And uh, I, I, that's probably the kind of team that they are. And that probably adds up to about 62 wins when it's all said and done. Um, but you're right. I mean, when you see a matchup of Bieber uh, on the docket, you know that he overmatches at least six or seven of the guys in the lineup every day. So uh, runs runs are going to be scarce. They're going to have to scratch out a 2-1 win if they're going to win today. And, and it just didn't
1: happen. Yeah. And, and you, you look at yesterday's one nothing game, and you kind of examine it a little. If you micro-examine it a little bit, too, where – you, you're encouraged by the, the starting pitching. I mean, the starting pitching has been better the last few weeks. The the Chris Fetter difference is, the, the his effect has been there, and you're seeing relievers stepping up a little bit more to Arena yesterday looked like he he hit off he hit the game with a look like a forearm tight was it forearm tightness,
0: forearm cramp I think they call it, which is better than tightness I guess uh, yeah. when we're talking arm injury euphemisms.
2: <laughs> it's short term tightness is a cramp. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> but I mean, you, you're encouraged yesterday by the bullpen who allowed one hit yesterday with uh, between Cisnero, Fulmer, and Soto. And I mean, even with the walk by Soto, you're still in, you're encouraged by the the heat he's bringing. But then it's then another step too is like Terry Scubel, who just all he's starting to do now is throwing the changeup more in the, adding that to his mix. So he's got he's got his fastball, he's got his slider, he's got that split finger knuckle pitch. And in all May, he was just doing the changeup more. And that's been more and more – it's almost around 22% per start. And it's made of a different picture. His walks have been reduced, and he's striking out more.
0: Yeah, you know, I saw somebody – it was a Twitter commenter. I don't know exactly who it was, but they were like, hey – I think Chris Castellani had talked about how – or maybe it was Scott Bentley. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm getting it wrong. But somebody said, hey, Scooble's really close. You could feel it. he's getting lots of swings and misses now. You, you see it. And somebody's like, does it remind you of Verlander when he was young, you know, racking up high pitch counts and getting strikeouts? And I didn't think that was right because, as I recall, young Verlander actually didn't get a ton of strikeouts, at least like 20, 2006 Verlander. Uh, he, he had the stuff, It was, but his strikeout rate was like six or seven per nine. It reminds me more of like Max Scherzer, young Max Scherzer with the Tigers, who would rack up these ungodly pitch counts. Uh, but also put up double digit strikeout numbers. And I don't know if people even remember because he's evolved into such a great pitcher. There was like a a, a long time where it's like, hey, when is Mac Scherzer going to get his first complete game? Because he couldn't, he couldn't ever get into like the ninth inning. Uh, and I think that's what we're seeing a little bit of that from scuba, where the stuff is there. He just needs to learn how to harness it more and, and go deeper into games.
1: Yeah. And, and you, I don't know what you saw. I, I mean, it was encouraged by his last start. It seems like, too, the fastball velocity is up a little bit, and he's able to kind of sequence better. Uh, yes,
2: completely agree. He's changing speeds a bit. Uh, you can see that. Uh, the location is better. He, he's still – he's even the whole time he's been generating the swings and misses. That's all going to play. I think people forget he's in month two of his second season, you know, uh, he's still a young guy. He, he doesn't have a long uh, minor league track record to fall back on. You know, he's still on his way building his career. So we're seeing some good and some bad, but I, I, I'm encouraged. I, um, even on some of his bad games, you know, he's not getting pummeled for eight runs in two innings. It's more like he went five and he gave up three, a couple of them are homers. That's okay. Um, in today's game, he's getting better. I, I, I'm, I'm convinced of that.
1: Yeah, and they definitely needed that. I mean, like I said, I could live without. Uh, can I live with more offense? Sure, but I mean, right now you can see the encouraging signs of the, the offense. But then you see some of the things that I don't know if you guys caught what Alvila said over the, uh, yesterday. I think it was yesterday on a Zoom call. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I'll tee that up for you, Hooper. You know, it's one of those things where a lot of the fans are like, really Al, come on. The defense has been bad, but some of the, I don't know, but you want to go ahead and and let's talk about his comments a little bit. Those, those comments were just, you know, pure Alvila gold.
2: I was drawn to the searching for mainstays. I I believe that's uh, uh, close to a quote from, from his talk there. And I wanted to say, Al, you can stop. You can stop the search. Okay. The search is pretty much over on the 26 man roster. Uh There's about four or five guys that are going to be mainstays. The rest of them are flotsam and jetsam that you can just, you know, bring in, bring out. No big deal. Stop searching. We know Jacoby Jones is not a mainstay. We know uh, Victor Reyes is probably not a mainstay. He's a bit part. Okay? Uh, So don't talk to us about that. We know the season is about what the season is. They're going to lose. Um, They're going to get draft choices. And at some point, they're going to either hit – and build a core and bring in free agents and make trades that, that build the core of a winner. But to say that we're searching for that diamond in the rough with this group, I mean, come on, once you get past Jamer Condelario, there, there's really not a guy in that lineup who is going to be uh, a starter on the next playoff team. So you can search for mainstays all you want, but that search is
0: going to be short.
1: Yeah. And now uh, we had a comment in that came in uh, from uh, cam cam, cam cam camarcano thank you thank you chris avila's is trying to justify the unjustifiable that's a good way to put it absolutely that is dead on with that
0: that's uh that's the old strength to do some explaining ned flanders
1: <laughs> all right carlos sorry about that man my bad <laughs> yeah i'm just sometimes when it comes to names man i just yeah i'm i'm running like miles a minute sorry about that man but uh as we were no, it's just it's one of those things where I, every time I've seen a comment every time I was seeing anything I was just like it's a typical kind of like what else do you have to say what else you're gonna do kind of thing and there's really nothing else I mean it's just it's the same old same old same old and a lot of the fans are just they're over it they are really over it and the the biggest the biggest takeaway I have from what he said yesterday is is that he's not saying he's singing a lot or what's the the Talking heads song you say uh, what's the uh, I'm trying to think of the lyrics of the talking head song. You're, you're talking uh, a lot, you're talking, you're talking a lot, but nothing makes sense. You just my lips are, see- anyways, he's just talk- sure he's talking. What, 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 what did I say?
0: I was just saying, you should sure that we're on a road to nowhere. Well, it's well,
1: it, it is road to nowhere, but there's a when my lips are, see- he's talking about you, are you, talking, you're not making a lot of sense, you're no. not saying anything of consequence. And I don't know how I butchered David Burns' lyrics, but at any rate. There's just a lot of a whole lot of nothing came out of that, and so, I mean, nothing's changed. So, I I don't. Know, if I'm I guess I'm missing something. If I did, you guys find anything worth of a value there?
0: I didn't actually hear the comments. I didn't know, so I, I haven't. Well, I have to go listen to those. He also, I, he
2: indicated, that it sounds like he's in favor of, and the tenor of it he thinks that the seven inning double headers are here to stay.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, you know, and some of the other rules that we've seen that, you know, we're not the, the ghost runner and so on is here to stay. Um, sounds like he's in favor of it. I mean, he didn't really go too in depth on it, but um, it certainly didn't sound like it's going to be a, uh, something that's over with in October here
0: yeah that's that's one that I fully expect to stay I think there might be some pushback about the runner on second and extras, but I think that might stay too i it, it feels like uh whenever the players allow anything it's just there for good now yeah <laughs> like I, I i don't know
1: but uh, well, it's
2: kind of like that telephone tax They put it to 1894 and they still charge it
1: <laughs> yeah well here's here's a comment exactly what he said to yesterday. Well, we feel good about the progress. We don't feel good about the wins and losses where we're we at right now. Well, thank you, Captain Obvious.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I think Carlos said it right. It's, it's, there's not much he can say Yeah. right now when, when this is, when even after a stretch of two or three weeks of playing solid baseball, you still have the worst offense in, in all of baseball, at least by war, uh, it's, it's just, it's, and, and you're still among the worst teams in baseball. I think, you know, they had climbed out of last place. At one point they were, they would have, you know, if the season had ended, I think they would have been picking fifth or sixth in the draft, but I think they're probably back down to second or third now. And the run run differential is still second or third worst. So Second. Second. I, second, yeah.
2: I just looked at it. They're at minus 64. The Pirates are at minus 84 now. They've, Voltage
0: win. Yeah. The, the Pirates had that epic beatdown. Uh, who was it against? Was it the Braves?
1: Yeah, they gave up a twenty yeah. spot. Yeah, that's a tough one. All right, well, it's time. <laughs> it's time for Lohelia and Chris to go inside the numbers. All right, Uber, what's your inside number this, this evening?
2: Well, first it's zero point three, and then fifty six. So the 0.3 is the outfield, the aggregate outfield war of the New York Yankees. Mm. And the 56 is the uh, WRC plus uh, one Brett Gardner. And I watched quite a bit of the Yankees uh, Blue Jays doubleheader today. They're finishing up right now. Um, first off, Alec Manoa. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Impressive. Uh, I mean, like pitch by pitch, I was like, ooh, wow, ooh, wow. <laughs> so uh, something to watch there for the Blue Jays. But the Yankee outfield, you know, they lost Aaron Hicks to uh, uh, wrist surgery. They don't have a center fielder, and um, their outfield production is pretty bad. Now, Brett Gardner's faking it as a center fielder again. I watched him throw a, a ball today from center field. And I think the only person in the world that thinks he has a major league arm is Johnny Damon. You know I mean, Johnny, <laughs> yeah. Damon, Johnny Damon thinks he has a cannon, you know? <laughs> but uh, it was brutal. So I was wondering, in my mind, I always think, well, how could the Tigers exploit that? Sadly, we don't really have a center fielder to give them. Uh, but, you know, I wondered if Ro- Robbie Grossman is someone who's played some center field, if he could fake it in that ballpark for, you know, half a season. And is that a a spot, you know, if I were the Yankees, I would love to patch a 375 on-base percentage in front of Stanton and Judge. Uh, So, uh, but the Yankees have some, they're going to be having to make some moves. You know, maybe they're going to think a lot bigger than a Robbie Grossman. Maybe they go after Chris Bryant, make him an outfielder, uh, because he plays there part-time now. Uh, I don't know what that's going to be. But I think the Tigers, you know, the Yankees are probably going to need pitching, too. They could try to package together some kind of big deal there um, as we get deeper into June and July. All right.
0: That's a good. I hadn't thought about that. But, yeah, they seem like a they would be a fit for Chris Bryant, I think.
1: All right, what is your uh, inside number, Chris?
0: So I actually had two before I settled on one that wasn't even related to the other one. So I, I will just say my first ones were 13, which was Shane Bieber's uh, swings and misses today on his knuckle curve, which is the most by any pitcher on that pitch this year. Uh, and then the second was 115.3, which was Jonathan Scope's exit velocity on his home run, which uh, is the second hardest ball he's hit in his career. And he becomes just the third Detroit Tigers hitter in the regular season to top 115 in exit velocity. Ah. But those aren't my, those are not the numbers I was picking. <laughs> um my number is 0. 0.374 which uh which is Harold Castro's ex-woba his expected weighted on base average. Uh it, we may need some context for that, but it's basically it's it's you know baseball savant's version of weighted on base average calculated based on walks and strikeouts and the quality of contact according to savant so essentially exit velocity and launch angle. And uh, so Castro's batting average right now is 333, even after today. Uh, though based on his contact, they think it should be 342, which is you know just a little bit closer. But here's the strange one I wasn't expecting. His slugging is just 345 right now. You know, basically no extra base hits. Mm-hmm. But Savant thinks it should be 473. They think based on, on how he's hitting the ball – his, uh, his slugging should be 128 points higher. And that's the eighth largest gulf among all hitters in baseball this year. Uh, I'm not here to say that he's suddenly going to start hitting for power, but if it does happen, that, that might explain why. And then just for some more context about what a 374 uh, xwoba means, that is one point higher than Jose Ramirez uh, so far this year and one point one point behind Nelson Cruz. It's, it's top 50. So i don't know I've, I've made fun of uh the beat writers seem to to love harold castro hitting harold, uh, castro. harold castro yeah and i could never tell if it's uh
1: sarcasm you know,
0: yeah yeah just weird or, or what but uh i mean you know if he's gonna hit 340 then sure <laughs> play him and he yeah. walked twice yeah. today so what the hell, man? just keep playing him i guess
1: <laughs> yeah there's, there's always one want... for a dude hitting 330. yeah yeah there's people who want him to start a shortstop
0: uh, well, you know, he, he can fill in at shortstop. He's, yeah. He plays eight positions. He's just not great at any of them.
1: Yeah, he's got, like, well, I think, well, he's like a one double, correct? Yeah, that's it.
0: Yeah, yeah. But uh, Savant thinks he should have many more doubles.
2: So when, it, when, when they say something like that, are they just saying that just by happenstance, you has got a couple of balls that should have rolled up the gap and didn't or rolled down the line into the corner? That's a good question. It, and instead, they're just happening to be going straight out to the right fielder or...
0: I assume that that's what they're talking about. Maybe it's, uh, yeah, it's hard for me to, to figure out. I, I think maybe, yeah, it's just the combination. It could even be balls that were caught, Yeah. but they yeah. thought that the, the number of you know times he hit a, a ball with a certain uh, exit velocity and, and launch angle, like, Hey, you know, if that's, Thirty feet to the left, it's a double or a triple. I I don't know. I, I mean, it's something I haven't really dug super deep into, but I probably should if I'm going to be talking about it on the show. <laughs> does,
2: does he even have a warning track out?
0: Ah, uh, that's a good question. Well, let me here. Let me let me go ahead and see the farthest ball hit by. You might not Kester. even
2: have track power, which is pretty cool <laughs> to be hit three thirty.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but hey, Roger you can go ahead with your number, and I, I will. Looking fine to see how far Harold Castro has hit the ball this year.
1: <laughs> All right. So my inside number this week stems from the number one it's 180 and over a thousand. And that would be the OPS plus of one Nicholas Cassianos and OPS of mm-hmm. yeah, over a thousand. He's batting right now, three fifty five. He's got a slash on three fifty five, four fourteen, and six sixty-three with twelve home runs and thirty RBIs. He's already got close to his home run total last year, which was in 60 games to hit 14. He's almost there already. He's on a tear. And I'm bringing this up because I think it was, I think it was, um, it was Kean Tiger minor league tracker was talking about his numbers. And and I saw the swing from Jules posted swing on Twitter earlier. And Cassianos has been a beast. And it's just one of those things where you look at and just kind of like former Tigers just continuing to haunt the team. And I'm not doing this just to rub it in anybody's face, but it's just, his numbers are impressive, and oh. he's still doing. He's doing it by just Cincinnati's not been. Cincinnati's been really inconsistent. They're not having enough pitching, but Cassianos has been a fun watch. I mean, you watched him earlier. Have some words for the commissioner with the with the fan, and I don't know. Yeah. It, it's it, it's making Cincinnati Red Ball Cincinnati Reds baseball exciting, and that's something that I would mind having that bat back in the lineup. So,
2: oh no question. I'll tell you when when it comes. To- the term plate coverage, I mean, his picture should be next to that in the dictionary, you know, in the encyclopedia whatever. whatever. Uh, the plate coverage of, of his swing is beautiful to watch. Uh, he can take that ball to any field, and uh, he's just become a smart hitter too. You know, you can tell like, that guy's put his time in, and uh, fun to watch. You're right. I, I, I've i always been a, uh, a fan of Castellanos, and uh, it, it's kind of cool to see him take these next steps in his career
0: yeah it, as a matter of fact castellanos was my good today so oh sorry no it's fine this is why we do this to, to make to make a scramble uh but i will say this that uh so i looked up hill castro this year has hit let's see nine balls more than 300 feet as a matter of fact he's got he's got 14 balls that are hit hit more than 260 feet And all of them are outs, every single one. Uh, Yeah, he's got one that's 400 foot, 400 foot fly out, 376, 368. So, yeah, they've got expected batting averages on on a bunch of these outs that range from, you know, 069. So that must have been basically a can of corn to 566. That was a line out with a slugging of 1,050. So basically every time he hits the ball deep, it's caught
2: well, he's a, he's a, he's in the modern day. We will cooler uh, hit him where they, yeah, am. there
0: you go. Hit him where they, ain't. yeah, that's a, so i here against Kansas city he hit up all 363 feet, had an expected batting average of five ninety one, and it was an out. So that's a tough break.
1: Hidden Harold, hidden Harold Castro. All right. So no, and it's one of those, especially because you're right. It is kind of hard to tell if the fans are being serious or, or, the beat writers are being serious or not, but there are a lot of fans like them. I mean, it's just like they look at batting average, people are obsessed with batting average, but they don't. It's it's, it's funny to me when every time they, they talk about that, or like the, the ever popular, why is Jacob Robson not up? And so it's like you have to, It's a 26 year old, there's there's five or six 26 year olds in double A. So there's, you know, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me.
2: Well, I think people, you know, when when a when team is. 18 19 and 31, or whatever it is right now, people latch on to bright spots. And Harold Castro is it fun, to, it's it is fun to watch him dink and dunk those singles around. I enjoy it. Uh, you know, do I think he's someone who's going to start for their next playoff team? No, if he is, I think that's probably a problem because I doubt he's going to be a long term 340 hitter. But uh, for for now, for what they have, it's cool,
1: yeah. Harold Castro, you know, Harold Castro <laughs> reminds me of he's that, he's that guy that he. he... When you play pool, he uses that tool, that yeah. One of those guys, you know, the bridge tool. He's the guy that he's the bridge tool for the Tigers. He's the living bridge tool, and that and tool. Sometimes tools use an derogatory term. I'm not using a derogatory term in this case. He, could, but he could put the ball wherever he wants. It's almost like he, it's like a cue, and just like, and you know, it, it's the same. He's a nicer version of Victor Reyes, as another word. Somebody described that too. So. Mm-hmm. But that's what I, I said
2: he's the popular. Form of
1: Victor Reyes. <laughs> that's what it was. Thank you. Yeah. But that's what it was. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. You're right. That was what it was. He, he. He's the. He's the one that's gonna be the one that gets all the girls in high school, and you know, you, at some point, Victor Reyes is gonna get, he's gonna shed that nerd label, in at some point, so. But uh anywho, now it's time for our second segment of the evening. Before we get to the mock draft, because I do want to talk mock drafts this evening, the Tigers. It is mock draft season is is that time of the year that everyone loves and and we get this. It's the lottery pick for the Tigers. It's the it's the it's the big time. It's how people look at the Lions draft. <laughs> so the good. Oh, that's good. The bad. Oh, that's bad. And the ugly. All right, Chris. What is your? I took your good. So again, I apologize about that. So, no, it's fine.
0: So, uh, yeah, I mean, I was just—it's just fine because I—I I was, yeah, I was gonna basically say what you said about Castellanos other than, uh, and I was gonna try to, I guess, take one because I've never been a huge Castellanos fan. I, I just never been a, a believer that his offense was uh, sustainable, generally speaking. But, uh, but yeah, I'm wrong. No, but <laughs> by the way, At least so far this year. So,
1: see, Buss chimes in with, a "quote I think Hero Castro appeals to the pre-analytics baseball." archetype of a guy and that you know what, Steve. see that's a really good point that's a good way to put it absolutely spot on
0: yeah well i mean it, it is weird you hear a lot of the the complaints uh about baseball right now about there's not enough guys who put the ball in play and it's like it's yeah. you would think that these these people complaining just want like a team full of harold castros which would be fascinating to watch uh they're, they're, you know <laughs> it, w- it really would be there'd be like zero home runs and uh not a lot of traffic on the you know bases other than singles and but it but would be kind of fun um and I've got a silly proposal for getting more offense but uh, we'll save that for some other time uh but I was just gonna say you know uh switching up on the fly the uh my good how about max Muncie for the Dodgers uh I, I and I wonder how long it is one of these days we'll have to rank rank these like that that sort of found money players you know people remember max Muncie was with the Dodger or with the, the a's and didn't do anything. And he just got signed as a minor league free agent, I th- believe, with the Dodgers, like they've done, like they did with Justin Turner or, you know, JD Martinez, Jose Bautista, these kind of guys who come out of nowhere. Maybe Adolis Garcia. Uh, but, yeah, you know, Max Muncy right now, this year, is hitting 285, which is great for him because he's always been more of an on base percentage guy. But he's still getting on base. He's got a 21.2% walk rate, which is the highest in baseball. Uh, and he's got 10 home runs. So you got a guy with a a 174 weighted runs created plus playing infield. You know, he, he's not built like a traditional second baseman, but he's kind of the, the archetype for that new shift aided yeah. second baseman. It'll be interesting to see if they outlaw the shift, what, what becomes of somebody like him, but he could just play first base. But of course the Dodgers have, you know, Cody Bellinger to do that too. But yeah, he, he's just, uh, he's 30 now and you wonder how much longer he can do this, but he's got, he's at two and a half war right now. F war uh, after 10 war in his first two years with the Dodgers. He was kind of down last year when he only hit 192, but he seems to be back. And it's just like, man, like, huh, it'd be nice. <laughs> you know, just, just find a random five word player on, on the scrap heap would be cool. Yeah. for the Tigers.
2: It's amazing. It's almost like he does not consider swinging until he has two strikes. I
0: mean, yeah. And it's, it works for him. You know, not everybody can, can do that, but it's, it's working for him.
1: All right. What's your bad, Chris?
0: Uh, my bad is Jorge Soler. Uh, and i don't know i was checking to see if i'd done this before and i don't think so but maybe somebody else did but uh yeah he's he's uh kind of the opposite end of the spectrum for Castellanos this year he's he's currently ranks dead last in war at negative 1.0 cuz he's batting just 171 253 311 uh he's striking out 32% of the time which is actually a down from last year but it's it's uh, up like 6 or 7% from his uh his you know career year in 2019 and his isolated power is as low as it's been since 2017. Uh, he's 29 now it was just a little older than I thought but still not like super young and two years ago he hit 48 home runs and this was what what, what is really kind of funny if you look at his home run totals his single season home run totals and for you know they're, they're for a number of reasons he's not played like full 160 game seasons in many times in his career but here here are his single season home run totals 5 10 12 2 nine 48. <laughs> eight four Hello, uh, yeah i mean it's it's or like you know i remember the one year adrian Beltre hit like 49 runs but then he turned out to be you know hall of famer uh it looks like solaire has been kind of unlucky just like we were talking about with with harold castro with that uh expected slugging is like you know 150 points higher than it has been I and mean, maybe that's just a, a product of playing in the coffin stadium but uh yeah, uh, it, it, I don't think it's over for him, but it's just kind of ugly for them. I mean, he was kind of a guy that I thought would be a key piece for that offense going yeah, forward, and ugly right now.
2: I watch the Royals baseball because you know it's on TV, it's on TV here, here in Des Moines. Uh,
0: uh, he's an easy out You know the, um, the
2: the that series where the Tigers swept them seemed like he came up with two men on base at least once or twice every game, and he was the Tigers' MVP in that series because (laughs) he was just whiffing on everything. So, yeah, he's really struggling.
0: And uh, and my ugly is pitchers named Holland. Uh, (laughs) So you got got Greg Holland and, of course, Derek Holland. Uh, Derek gave up a run today and has now allowed 14 runs in 11 innings, which is not ideal for a reliever. Uh, Meanwhile, Greg ranks last an f4 among uh, relievers qualified relievers this year. What's kind of interesting about all that is is that Greg Holland's raw numbers don't look too awful. He's got a four-two-four ERA, which again is not great for uh, a reliever, but his his FIP is 6.11, which is worse. Meanwhile, Derek Holland's ERA is 11.45, but his his FIP is 5.04, so it's actually lower than Greg Holland's. Um so, yeah. You know, it, using these small samples is always tough to tell with relievers. But, uh, yeah, it's not a, not a great time to be named Holland. And I was trying to think of, like, you know, other other MLB players with uh, European country names. And <laughs> was, I got,
1: there, was there a Spain I, or Portugal out there?
2: Thai France?
0: Thai France I had. Uh, uh, Domingo Herman is kind of cheating, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I was try to think. Uh, Mark Portugal? Yeah,
1: there you go. Or, uh, there you go. Former Giants pitcher. Nice. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know, Steve uh, Lichtenstein. <laughs> I don't
1: know. <laughs> I like it. I don't know. That's good stuff. All right, so, uh, oh, Al, uh, oh, there you go. That's a, nice, that's a former uh, lefty, right? Yeah, Steve was uh, mentioning Al Holland. Oh, Al uh, Holland. Yes. Yeah, he okay. was. He was uh, part of the '81 championship team, I believe, as well. Yeah, that's former. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he had a, like he had a weird lineup too. I think he came from the side. He was a lefty. Had, I know he has some weirdly cool facial hair, too, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Steve, if, if you're listening. So, all right. But, uh, all right, Yuper, what is your good and bad and ugly this week?
2: Well, my good was uh, I wanted to give a shout out to Akil Badu because, well, number one, let's just go back a little bit in this podcast to what we said about Al, what I said about Alavila. Stop searching for mainstays because they're not there. You know, I, I, I let me amend that. Akil Badu as a rule five player without a lot of experience at times looks the part. So, you know, let's, let's hold off on that decision because I I think why I want him to be the good right now is he has really steadied himself. You know, he had that wondrous first week where everybody was excited, including us, because it was really fun to watch. And then he did the predictable slide where I think he was hitting under 200 for a while uh, in total and that was fine. He was striking out a lot, and that's to be expected. But he has really come around. Uh, right now, his OPS plus is at 133. Uh, he's, you know, the, the slash is 245, 327, 510. We could stop there if he could hit that slash for his career. That's a productive player, uh, and he may go farther than that. So he, I think the signs are good. Uh, I think he needs to play. I don't need to see Jacoby Jones play. I'll be honest. Um, if they want to play him against some tough lefties, that's fine. But I, I think Badu should play and play the vast majority of the time until he proves he shouldn't. Because with what he's doing now, the way he's rebounded in May, he's a useful player. And it's, it's pretty fun to see. All
0: right. Yeah, you know, I, I not to interrupt, but, yeah, I, I wrote a story about that today, about oh, right. it in a big thing about about what we've seen this this month is his his good at bats have started resulting in walks. Where is is in April he had twenty nine strikeouts and two walks. Even though he he seemed to be putting together good at bats pretty frequently, he mm-hmm, just wasn't mm-hmm. getting on base. And now he is, yep, and that's yep. that's had he's not hitting. He hasn't had a home run yet this month, but he's had a couple. Uh, Balls that were basically like a foot away from being a homer or, you know, the, he hit the triple the other day to, to basically dead center 419 feet. That's going to be a home run in most places. Uh, Yeah. I think, I think he's, he's adjusted and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about his future still. Yeah.
2: He's still still a long way from being, being someone we're going to count count on on down the road, road, but uh, it's the, the the signs are positive. Uh, My bad Brady singer uh he got pounded today by the rays uh his era bumped up to 491 and i was just thinking you know it's 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 how we all a lot of fans us i mean a lot of people jump to conclusions you know and we just think back to last year when casey mize was struggling Mm -hmm. and didn't look great and we you know would see singer on the mound for the royals looking pretty solid and they're both out of that same draft class. And at one point, Brady Singer was the consensus number one uh, draft pick in the preseason before the college season started. Uh, everybody had him there. And we're thinking, oh, my goodness. I mean, there are definitely people making those comments, like Tigers got the wrong guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Now we fast forward, you know, we're, we're two months into this season. Casey Mize is on the upswing. And Brady Singer looks very hittable at times. I've watched a couple of his starts and he's a little wild at, you know, at moments and I'm sure that will, you know, it'll probably flip flop back and forth because they're both talented guys and you know they're both still on the ascension of their careers. But I think it's been a good lesson of not to jump to good uh, quick conclusions based on five or six starts uh, from anybody. And yeah, I think singers, you know, I think his FIP and his xFIP are still lower than Mises for a lot, but his ERA is quite a bit higher. Mm -hmm. Uh, so ugly this is a little off the beaten path but I saw, I think it was a tweet from Joe Posnanski and it really kind of made me laugh about the White Sox the White Sox had a guy excuse me, had a a woman named Loretta Myself they named a lounge after her because she, in the stadium because she worked concessions at Comiskey for 60 years Dedicated her life to the White Sox, right? And they they named this lounge after her during the 2005 World Series, no less. I mean, a massive moment in in uh, their franchise history. They elected to recognize her, uh, which is great uh, because 60 years she deserves it. Yeah. They hire Larusa, and for whatever reason, they decide that 16 years of Loretta's Lounge is enough, and we <laughs> need to, we need to honor. Larusa, which is oh, kind of, no. with, with its own lounge, is now Larusa's lounge. They've gotten rid of uh, Loretta altogether to make it Larusa's lounge, which you know is kind of fitting for an old soak like Tony uh, to have his <laughs> know, place where they're selling a few brews. I get it, but the, <laughs> but this is the best part or the worst part, depending on how you want to look at it. The family. Maybe they're outraged, maybe they're not. I, I haven't seen that story, part of it yet. I'm sure they are in some ways. But they wanted the sign that said Loretta's Lounge, because now they have big La Russa's Lounge in big letters. And so they want this sign as kind of a keepsake, and the White Sox had thrown it away.
0: Oh, no. Jeez. <laughs> they
2: tossed it out. Dead! Dead! <laughs> like they- this is the garbage you give me! <laughs> it's in a dumpster somewhere. You know? So that was really, I thought... uh, uh, what Tony La Russa had done in his White Sox uh, return to merit that lounge was – I mean, not that anybody cares when lounges are named in a stadium, I guess. But it's just kind of a tone-deaf story from the White Sox. I thought it was kind of ugly uh, to, yeah, sure. to do away with that part of history a
1: little bit. I feel like that's the tone-deaf is the middle of their name. It's just like they're just saying it, – it's just a non-stop tone-deaf – Decision after decision after decision this year, in they're just yeah, so wow, yeah, that the Loretta that that story was crazy, and so, um, well, all right, well, my good this week is the part to do with uh, Joy Wendell, the Tampa Bay Rays, who's already been putting up a 2.2 2 war. and Chris, you're talking about guys, you can add this list, you can add this to the list of guys that who and how they picked them up, and they picked them up in a trade. In twenty seventeen. And he's a guy who just if you look at you look at Joey Wendell, you don't think I, I don't know, like to me, it doesn't seem like a he's not a household name, but he's starting to get there. And the Rays have won eleven and have won eleven in a row until May 24th, and then the winning streak ended. And it's one of those things where you're just the Rays just keep rolling on, and they have just been dominating. And the only team they haven't really figured out is the Red Sox or Owen three against the Red Sox, but Joey Wendell. Is he a household name to you guys both? Let me ask you just real quick, that question.
0: I I've certainly heard of him before, but I don't pay much attention to him. I, I was trying to think what where he came from, but it looks like he he they got him from Oakland, but he was actually yeah. drafted yeah. by Cleveland. Yep, I'd forgotten. But.
2: You went to Oakland University, right? So what you mean? And the other uh, no Oakland A's. Was it Brasso that went to Oakland? Russo, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I watched you know, the Rays. Uh, I've been a fan of theirs for a long time, since uh, probably 07. Um, it's just really incredible how they do it. They don't care what anybody thinks of how they're doing it. Uh, and they bring in these no-name guys, and they plug them into the right spot. They, they identify that one or two skills that they have to contribute to a winning baseball team, and they, they etch it together every year.
1: It's uh, it's it's fast. The other part of my good too that I wanted to get to was uh, Alec Mo- uh, Manoa, who was the Blue Jays starter on the, the the first game of a doubleheader, and he went out and just shoved today. Pitch six scoreless innings, allowed two hits on two walks, while striking out seven, and just went out there. He just he was he threw of the eighty eight pitches he threw sixty were strikes. And Chris, I think you've brought you brought this pitcher up before. I remember one, one of the draft shows discussed this guy before.
0: Yeah. Manoa was the guy that I liked yeah. in that, in that draft. I, I didn't think what year was that? 2019 just a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um. Yeah. he was kind of, it, it was a tough one because he was kind of a bigger body dude and it was like, I don't know if this is going to go backwards on him. And it was like, okay, he's got a fastball and a slider. Does he have anything else? And it looks like it's not going to matter because his fastball and his slider are just nasty. And we saw him pitch against the Tigers this year, sort of saw him because remember Toronto didn't have, uh, you had to get like that, that secret uh, center field camera to see the Toronto games in spring training. But yeah, he, he, uh, I think he struck out the side against the Tigers and yeah, it's just a, it's a nasty upper nineties fastball and and a a great slider. And I, I, I swear I made some joke somewhere, uh, about Manola Manoa Blanc, which was like a, a very a very sh- like small targeted shoe joke shoe baseball joke and i know i, I but i couldn't find where i put it <laughs> so maybe it was just in my head because apparently there's a, there's a shoe called like, like Manolo Blanc or something like that right Manolo and Mano- Blahnik, yeah, yeah and, and Manoa blank is close enough for me so sure. there you go i watched
2: my yeah, that a bit at start today it was impressive it was strike after strike after strike, and that slider was a tight little nasty bugger to hit. Uh, you could see it. Now, he doesn't have a lot of experience as a pro. I mean, in the minors, he has not pitched a lot. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can keep this up. But they have to be ecstatic from what they saw in start number one today because, you know, yeah. he, he went into Yankee Stadium. He he, he, he went right after Aaron Judge. Uh, all those guys. and It was, it was quite an
1: yeah, considering too, they have Richardson. Um, the other the, Toronto's got some pretty good prospects in their system, and that was the one that you know you weren't expecting to see, but he put up some really good numbers at AAA, and he just went out there and it was just swinging it. And so, it, yeah. I gotta you gotta be encouraged by that that they have somebody that the third or fr- th- third or fourth best pitching prospect can go out there and shove like that, and definitely needed because Toronto's been having some injuries and their rotation's been kind of uh, hit up with injuries. Or I just said that, that was redundant. Sorry um, yeah. But yeah So Nevertheless uh, My bad Is something that That should have been The We talked about this with the Reds Nicholas Castellanos last week Or being the Part of my inside numbers Last Thursday The Reds This is where the Reds are struggling a little bit With just pitching Getting Consistent pitching They allowed 19 runs Of the San Francisco Giants loss and it was one of those things where you're looking at the the Giants are the Giants are one of the best teams in the all baseball but 19 runs was the highest output of the season for them and just kind of magnifies what's going on with the Reds and and, and you look at the the fact again they can hit the Reds right now are sitting four games under 500 you wonder if they just had a little bit of pitching where they be with this offense I mean they have some pretty Good offense, but the 19 runs last week just stood out to me as a bad, bad stretch of baseball for him. And my ugly this week, and it's something to do with a very simple thing that happened today, or I believe it was yesterday. <laughs> Mickey Callaway has mm-hmm. been t- kicked out of baseball until next year, I believe. And the reason why it's ugly is because it took a little long for them to investigate it. Um, I'm not get preachy about it, but it's something that definitely is a that guy for baseball I, I saw that roberto alomar jr a couple weeks ago was also taking off everything of existence but mickey Callaway, this was kind of something that should have been part, they were doing their investigation they did due diligence oh nice catch nice catch there by brian what was it is that packard, is that yeah, packard? packard. yeah yeah nice well,
0: yeah. must be awfully cold out there
1: yeah he's got the whole thing the temperature dropped this evening about 55 degrees so if you're listening on the podcast, we'll have the YouTube link. Or, yeah, we'll have that <laughs> on there. So that's a nice, nice catch there. But uh, yeah, so that's, that was my, that was my ugly. Those, those, those two incidences that baseball's finally taking care of. And it's just another bad thing that people discuss. And yeah, so.
0: Can I, uh, yeah. can I, can I do a, a, a supplemental ugly real quick that I just discovered? Well, if you see me looking down, I apologize. I, I'm trying to put together the, uh, you know, every night for the Tigers minor league report, we put that little thing that says, uh, you know, who, who did what during the game. Yeah. Just trying to do that right now. Uh, so it's out there. I like to get it out as soon as the last game is over. But uh, as I was looking down, I noticed that the Mud Hens gave up five runs in the eighth inning tonight. Ooh. And uh, what's kind of ugly about it is four of them go to Buck Farmer. No. Yeah. So I'm looking, Buck Farmer came in and got a ground out and a single. Uh, a strikeout, but a wild pitch. So two men on. Single scores, uh, makes it 2-1 Toledo. Single to load the bases. Mound visit, then he gives a double. Only a one-run double somehow. Then Foley comes in and walks a batter, then gives up a three-run double to TJ Friedel. So it was, it was Jason Foley and Buck Farmer combining to kind of blow the game for the, the Mudhens tonight, unfortunately. And I just feel bad. You, know, you feel bad for Buck Farmer because it's you know, he was a solid reliever for a couple of years there and, you know, he's going down to Toledo and it's not getting any better for him, unfortunately. And and, uh, yeah, hopefully he can figure something out eventually.
2: Yeah. Hopefully that's, you wonder if it's just that he just hit that age where he lost a little or is he hurt or what's going on?
0: Yeah, no, it wouldn't, wouldn't shock me if it's just like you said, like just that age where he lost a little and just randomly his velocity was down last year. And I've, I've talked about the same sort of thing with Joe Jimenez where At a certain point, your body just can't do what it once did because of whatever, you know, tightening of ligaments or whatever. And and, uh, there's nothing you can do about it, unfortunately. It's cruel, this world of ours, and gravity and so forth and so on.
1: It is, uh, yeah. It's, and yeah, farmers just not having a good year. And that's just, it it is unfortunate. So uh, it's time to talk about the little before we get out of here. Let's want to talk about the mock draft. Some mock drafts are coming out and chris i'll let you kind of lead this because next month and next week we're going to be starting at mcb mock draft it's going to be draft season around our site and we'll be hitting the draft pretty hard i'll be looking at some pitchers, and we'll be looking at some there's going be all sorts of stuff we'll be rolling that out next week but according to the jim Callis mock draft you got the tigers picking jordan lawler the shortstop out of dallas uh jesuit prep so um also maybe may might may, may go with Brady house, but Chris, go ahead. What's what are the Tigers looking at right
0: here? Well, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think you've been the one that's, that's uh, been updating us with all the, all the mock graph results, but yeah, I mean that, that one, you haven't heard the Tigers linked to Jordan Lawler as much. We've heard a lot of, you know, linking them to Marcelo Meyer out in California and Brady house, the, the shortstop third baseman down in Georgia. And that one just feels like, Hey, other people are in on, I don't know who, who did who Callis had going second in that mock. Do you remember?
1: Yeah. You? Um he had oh Leiter. Jack Later. Yeah. Lighter. Yeah.
0: So I I do wonder if that if that were to happen. I mean, I think we all the Tigers would probably if they were to rank the players that they want, it would probably be Meyer first. Uh but then after that, I don't really know. I don't know if if they are faced with Oh, geez. Sorry, my phone decided to listen to me. And so it's been uh, – can you see this? You probably can't see that, but it's oh, it's, it's text- dictating oh. <laughs> everything I've just – it's still doing it. I can't stop
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> Technology is taking over.
0: Yeah. Uh, in any event, I, I – yeah, I mean, I, if, if Lighter and Meyer were gone, it would come down to Lawler and House. And I think just based on what we're hearing, I suspect that they would go House over – Lawler there I it's not what I would do but based on, it maybe that's just because they didn't think Lawler would be there but uh, I don't know what, what do you think you, you pay attention to this pretty good
2: yeah um it's interesting I've always trusted Jim Callis I really have I think he has a good track record um so when he says that he I think he's plugged in when he's saying that they're looking at Meyer and Leiter as their top two and he has them gone I, I think as there, you hear enough smoke, I mean, the the uh, Baseball America is hearing house to the Tigers. Uh, you can just read between the lines there with Callis, and he has house. He seems like the kind of guy with the power uh, that they, they would kind of gravitate toward. Um, I'm okay with it if it's elite power. If they really believe he has elite power and he even has an outside shot at sticking at shortstop, that that could be the way to go. They probably didn't expect Lawler to be there. He's a much different kind of guy. Um, but I think for their system, I really believe they want to walk away with one of those premier high school shortstops. You know, there's about four of them, uh, maybe five, depending on how much you like a couple at the back end um, to plug into their system that they they just they, they just don't have. So. Uh, it's going to be really an interesting month here as we kind of uh, zig and zag to the draft and and see what these guys are able to hear from the different organizations.
0: Yeah. One of the things like you watch Brady house and you understand what's so enticing about him. He's got this tremendous power. uh, bat bat speed. He's uh, wow. He's got, uh, he's got a, a, a plus arm. I think he, also pitched and would be up to you know 94 95 at times and and he's more athletic than you would think he's built like a you know like a greek god he's like 6'3 and and chiseled and so that's that's why people are projecting he'll move to third base just because he's so big but uh he's more athletic than you think the issue i have is uh is there's questions about the hit tool and we talked before like i don't want the tigers taking anybody with questions about their hit tools. Cause they've, they've got this track record now they've proven now that, that they look at Ray Rivera out here, Ichiro. Yeah, um
1: He went the, the the foul ball is the right field. This foul is the left. I'm telling you, man, it's, I don't are He's pumped. I mean, I know that we're, he was talking to James Shippen about this earlier that he might just still be a role guy, but yeah. it's good to see the improvement. I mean, wow. It's just, anyway, go ahead on yeah, the Sorry. confidence.
0: Uh, no, but, but as I say, and I think there have been there's been talk that Alavila was down there watching, uh, Brady House, uh, but I would like to remind people that Al Avila was also down in Georgia watching Parker Meadows a couple of years ago, and Parker Meadows has lots of interesting tools, but he's not going to hit. He can't hit with any type of authority at all, and I you know if the Tigers could teach him to hit, he'd be a great prospect, but I I don't see it, and and that's I just worry a little bit with Brady House. Now maybe the the early reports about him having maybe like a, a below average hit tool or worse aren't true and he's improved in that regard. But that's what scares me about him. Whereas uh, Lawler is a guy I think who has a pretty solid hit tool, one uh, one of the better hit tools overall in the class. He's a guy I watched him a bunch in the summer so- uh, showcase circuits, and it was very reminiscent of Derek Jeter the way he would he would pull his hands in and hit a ball hard to the opposite field uh, at fairly frequently and, and against good velocity and stuff. So he he's a guy that I, I trust his hit tool. He's a plus runner. He's going to stick at shortstop. The question with him is the power. And then some people were worried early in the year because he was striking out a fair amount in high school. But uh, I don't know. We, we talked about that before, you but I think that we're like, you know, what's what, what that could involve for a high schooler? Who knows? Yeah, I think
2: what happened there, his first hundred at bats, he had a few strikeouts, it was a little high. Then he went about 22 at bats without a strikeout. And all of a sudden the number looked just fine.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, and you never know if, if like you know, he's the only, you know, real run production threat for his team, and he's tr- trying you know expanding the zone to try to help him win. Uh, it's tough to say, but I, I don't know. The one thing I keep coming back to is if Lawler and Meyer go one-two, would the Tigers really take Brady House over Jack Leiter if he's staring right there? That's you got to have. You got to have. You got to have conviction if you're taking, I mean, they're both kind of, you know, risky, but man, I mean, you know, Jack Leiter was, we're talking about for six weeks this year. He was the kind of slam dunk number one. And and there are some, you know, like anybody else, cracks show up in their game. Leiter's, you know, the, the, the control and command might not be quite there. Uh, velocity took a dip. He's gotten hit around a little bit. Still, I, I just—it's—it's it's hard for me to believe that when faced with that decision, they would we would pick the high school shortstop over the Vanderbilt arm.
1: Yeah, and you know, it uh, here's a good one too. This is what C was saying. Uh, a lot of people have Pittsburgh taking catcher, the catcher from out of Louisville. Henry Davis. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and well, and that's as as much fun as it is to speculate about all this stuff. What we really don't know is is the signability. Yeah. I mean, we know all these guys are signable. But at what price? It, and who's going to try to do some sort of, you know, for lack of a better term, shenanigans with their bonus pool? And uh, and that's why we talked about the one we briefly touched on uh, the the scenario where the Tigers might try to take Jackson Job, the the prep right hander, I believe, from Oklahoma.
1: Yep, I uh, Yep.
0: Who? who they some people are with
1: the, with the Rockies at eight
0: at eight. Yeah, yeah. some people think he has the best stuff overall of any pitcher in the draft uh, and would the Tigers take him at three and try to save a little bit of money and then use that to, to get one of the shortstops, maybe not one of the top three or four shortstops, but another shortstop to, to fall to them in the, in the supplemental round. I don't know it's, it's tough to say. There's a lot of uh, jockeying that could still happen.
2: Well, you know, the Tigers have the second biggest bonus pool. Right. So they definitely have the room to be aggressive and to spread cash around in later rounds uh, to try to emulate a little bit of what they did last year uh, in, in a draft that, you know, has been mostly praised from most corners. So I could see it. You know, I think the, the cap, uh, the slot, excuse me, for the third overall pick was uh, just over $7 million. You know, if they could find a way to save – know, half a million dollars on somebody and, and, and move that into pick 32 uh, to bump up the value there. You know, you could see it. I mean, that, and teams do that. Uh, people are already speculating the pirates uh, that all speculation about pick number one could go off the table really fast. If they find the right guy who wants a bargain so they can spread cash around later. So that would be a very piracy move.
1: Yeah, no, I was just gonna say it fits the stereotype. And and M Brown, Mr. Brown at 320 Twitter said, Keep all actually hinted at Joe being an alternative to Meyer today. And look, the, the, well, let me let me just say this the one thing I don't, wow, Rivera is running fast. Um, the <laughs> one thing I don't, I never thought I'd ever say that. Um, the one thing I don't, and this just goes back to the days of Scott Moore being drafted by the Tigers. This is development, the del- development process. I mean, the reason why Riley Green's doing so well. His father's a hitting instructor. Riley Green is a pure athlete, and just he's got a lot of pro instruction around him. And I, look, the Tigers have done better drafting. I'm not going to try to disperse what they've done in the last couple of years. You're seeing some of the results right now with uh, Kerry Carpenter right now in double A, just spending a short time is off to a really good start. You see Ryan Kreidler's off to a very aggressive assignment right now. Even guys like Cooper Johnson, who've to swing a little bit. Some of the guys that we've been watching quite a bit, Dale Rosa got the call-up today to West Michigan. Um, I know Dave Myers just got called up to double-A, but it looks like more like they need another body there. But still, nevertheless, there are some signs there. But at the same time, I just don't trust the Tigers developing – I'm still not there. The Tigers developing a prep shortstop. Unless this guy is ready, good to go. like You know what I mean? like. and Sorry if I sound like an, a- an asshole, but it's just – prove me wrong
0: (laughs) no i mean i I, that's sorry you i I was just saying that that goes along with what i was saying i it the tigers have a long track record of not helping uh, you know toolsy guys learn how to hit kale org you know take a pick a name and and, (laughs) you know it it just it's not something they've been able to do maybe they can now but uh, i'm a little bit skeptical
2: In a perfect world, if you take the signings out of the the bonus pool out of it and you just went strictly on talent, you know, I'm willing to overlook the organizational track record and bet on the talent. And if they truly believe that uh, Brady House has, you know, 35 home run power uh, and maybe the hit tool, he can keep it at 275. Or two eighty and be Nolan Arenado and not hit two thirty or two twenty and be Mark Reynolds, uh, you know. I, I think you roll with that. Uh, I I think you got to trust your scouts there uh, on what the talent level looks like, and you know, then just trust that they're going they're going to fulfill what you see.
0: Yeah, it's just kind of a bummer now because we you know it, Tigers fans were getting more and more, uh, you know used to the idea and kind of embracing the idea of like, Hey, Marcelo Meyer, that's, that's a great pick at number three. <laughs> and like, ah. and now it's like, yeah, well, everybody else is noticing that too. And he's probably going to go to the top two. So it's kind of a bummer because uh, yeah, it's a guy with a pretty left-handed swing and power potential and, and a, and a pretty good chance to stay at shortstop. It's not a guarantee, but. Uh, well,
2: Keith, yeah, law still has, Keith law still has Meyer to the tigers. Uh, well, he, you'll
1: see, but, see brings up a good point too. Do the tigers have the, the current baseball operations have the luxury of waiting 3 to 4 years for a top pick to develop and and the answer is no they don't i'm sorry you pretty me interrupt you, but no bring that up though.
0: yeah i mean I, I i would hope that they're not drafting based on their jobs at this point yeah. um, cuz like, then you
2: take henry davis right if that if that's the case then you then you take henry davis or
0: yeah the or, the best college hitter the one who's yeah. going to probably move the the, the fastest I would think, in mean, the one thing, I guess, the, like, uh, you know, Brady House could be a developmental project, but ideally, you know, you're picking the top five. These guys, they're going to move quickly no matter what. Like, we've seen Riley Green. He's a double A already, you know, knocking on the door. Alec Manoa, 2019 pick in the majors, something like that. You know, if you're picking in the top, the, the guys are going to move quickly. So, yeah, I man, I, I don't think it would be smart for them to, like, really go after developmental projects. But I think for the most part, the top five talents aren't going to be that too intensive. It's just, it's just, it's Brady house. That the one that, that scares me is all.
2: I just wonder, you know, it seems like he had a little bit of a down summer last year during the whole quarantine COVID era. What does that mean on the high school level? I don't know. Uh, But, you know, obviously that by all accounts, he's really resumed his upward track this year mm. so i'm just wondering in the eyes of the evaluators uh do they see the hit tool as not as big of a a, a problem right now versus maybe the lagging indicators that we have uh from when it, what happened to them last year i mean how much of that is still living in our minds i don't know
0: yeah that's that's a good question and that's i mean you never know. I mean, we might start seeing updates that like, yeah, he's just a 50, 55 hitter, 60 hitter even. And, and if that's – the Tigers think he's a 60 hitter with 60 power, then yes, by all means take him. Or I guess it would be 70 power. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, it'll, it'll be exciting. And, and that's one of the things like so, – so my plans
2: – I'm still all in on Meyer, I'll tell you. I would yeah. love that happen. I want that left-handed bat. Uh, he looks like a smooth athlete. The game, the the in-game power started
0: to show up a little bit earlier this season. Love it. Yeah, no, and and that's what we touched on. We're going to we're going to try to turn June into kind of draft month, although it is a bit odd to to do that and then have another week or 10 days until the actual draft. But I kind of wanted to kick it off with a mock draft that we all do where basically we get assigned teams and and we go through and, and try to make the decisions of what they'll think just starting off. And then throughout the course of the month, we'll be doing player profiles and then i want to do another mock right before the draft just to see you know what we've learned if that mm-hmm. makes us more interested in the players uh I and mean, we will switch up the teams or whatever but that's, that's one idea. thing and and uh you know i'd like to do i want to do some research on the history tiger's history of drafting high school players in general uh and, and all that good stuff and and, and maybe you uh, know and raj you you asked for and I like this because you, you like to dig into some guys and you found some interesting ones last year. So I don't know if you want, like, sleeper arms or guys that might fit more in that second round, whatever give me you
1: want. Uh, give me some sleeper arms, maybe that second round. Okay. You know what? I'll, I'll debate about that, but I, I do like both of them. Are, that's that's a tough decision to make right now, top of my head. But, um, but yeah, definitely, I, I think there's some really good possibilities in the second round. But Yeah, so.
0: yeah I, I think we, we should do profiles for probably about, 10 players who might go third overall. I mean, I think we're, we're talking about four or five, but who knows? Maybe Khalil Watson sneaks yes. in there. Maybe Jackson, Joe, maybe Sal Frelick. We're not even talking about him. Uh, and then after that, it, it'll be interesting trying to, it'll be kind of more sleepers, not sleepers so much, but guys who we think they could go in the, in the, that 30 to 40 range. Oh,
2: it's Absolutely. going to be very fun to see what they do at picks 32 and 39. And Absolutely. how much money, what money they <laughs> save <laughs> and run <laughs> at pick three. And, and, you know, how aggressive are they going to be with, uh, uh maybe a jaden hill or somebody like that
1: or yeah, yeah mooney's on the board
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it, we know that they scouted him i mean it's he he's, lives close so you would hope they'd scout him uh, you know we did have i did get one question all right sweet we uh it said how long before willie castro is in toledo This <sighs> from shakesilla 86 uh so yeah i don't know what do you no, guys it, it, it,
1: I, look I, I know that A.J. Hinch recently said that he's got a longer leash, which I don't understand why he does, considering that Hinch likes good defense, and he wants guys that are fundamentally sound, and Castro does not look fundamentally sound right now. And But then you look down in AAA, okay, so you have Paredes there, and somebody on Twitter earlier was like, don't – he's not ready yet. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. Paredes is showing some extra base power. He had a triple tonight. He had a home run the other night. Either you go with Paredes – Along the lines, I know that uh, even somebody asked if uh, Adrian is it or Eli, is it the Gonzalez, um, Yariel. Yeah, Yariel. Yariel. Yeah. yeah, is Yariel Gonzalez a dude? The answer is we do not know. I know that they <laughs> they signed him from the Cardinals organization. He was, I think he was as close as he got to was Springfield, the Double A system, and then he came up for the Tigers. He was starting to eerie. They got up. But he's got five home runs. He plays he's,
0: he's got two more in the area, too. So technically he has seven.
1: Yeah, so he has seven year. home runs. He leads the entire system in home runs. He can play second base, third base, and I think first too, I believe, as well. Mm-hmm. So he's a utility infielder. But I mean, if they're gonna go with a four, guy on the 40-man or, or uh roster, Parades might be the way to go. But then, like I said, is it is he some people well, say well he can't play shortstop? Well, he has played shortstop before, he has played second, he's played third, he can play all over the infield, so it's just a matter of if he's not, if the Tigers thought he would be ready by now, I think they would have called him up, which is why I think Castro's got the longer leash. But at some point, I don't think he's going to last till mid-June. That's just me. That's just a guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I would guess that he's probably got another week or so. Not, not As you said, you know, Isaac Paredes is starting to heat up. He's been hitting the ball, spraying it all over the field, which is usually what he does when he's actually, you know, on a hot streak and hit it to the right center field gap. And if he's going to hit, then I think they'll they'll bring him up. Uh, they also have Zach Short if they want to do a shorter thing, you know. Not, no <laughs> other pun intended. Yeah, and Yariel Gonzalez, I I think we can comfortably say he's not a dude, <laughs> uh, but he might be a guy who they give a look to at some point this year just to see. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I I think you know, Willie Castro looked really good at the beginning of spring training and had that nice season last year but so this year has just been a a, a dud for him and it's kind of a bummer
1: yeah so the other did you hear the other questions this week? that was the
0: only the only one we got on twitter that i see uh yeah i what? don't know I if anybody Come on. yeah if Come anybody on. here on watching us live has a, a question that they want then catch us yeah. now before we take off
1: oh also i forgot i always forget to pimp this we have an email, tigerssrd at gmail.com. You have questions. We had a question about Chris, what was that question we had about the Red Wings rebuild? <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, it
0: was it was what was it? It was something about more at Cider. Why did Iserman get yelled at for Mo Cider? Yeah. Uh where yeah, here Mo Shid. Why was Mo Cider picked deemed controversial by Steve I Adam S.
1: I'll have to pass the question on to Jason on that because I have no earthly idea. To uh,
0: you know, I I know. vaguely remember that he wasn't considered like one of the top five players in the draft, and they took him with the top five pick. And uh, so there you go. I, I That's probably why it was controversial. But it's from all the sounds of it, it sounds like he's good. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. I good so what do you deal. think
2: of the Pirates play today?
1: Oh, <laughs> Well, I mean, you know what? I should pull that up because I think that's something that definitely I I use the the Yaki Sax.
0: Yeah, the Benny Hill.
1: Yeah, the Benny Hill <laughs> theme is a kind of a yeah. I don't know. I, I was somebody somebody made a request for it, so they were they were, they were asking if it was possible, so um or somebody like somebody was like the, the internet needs to come through with this and so let me let me find that. Let, for anybody that's watching on YouTube, let me let me, share the screen a little bit here. Um, yeah,
2: it's just really interesting how, and again, this was an extremely rare set of circumstances, right? But how they just didn't know the rule. Uh, they yeah. never had to try to get that runner out at home.
1: Yeah, it was one of it, it, it's something I have seen on a little league. Go ahead, Chris. No, I
0: just, yeah, it seems really bizarre. They, they could have, he could have crossed the plate. They could have just sat there, sat there for 10 minutes and then gone and tagged first base and the, the run wouldn't, wouldn't have counted. Right. It's yep. so strange.
2: With two out or for a runner to score, uh, the runner cannot score if the, if the batter runner uh, yep. has not yep. reached first base, whether it's a tag or a force. Yeah.
0: You so make <laughs> <laughs> you make the call. <laughs> maybe that's the, the new segment well it was yeah. funny that there was something happened earlier today I was my, my son has been wanting to play uh you know hit the ball out in the front yard which is great news for me yeah uh, and but we weren't using a real ball whatever and he fouled the ball and it popped right up and like landed on his head and it made me wonder like if that happens what's the batter the batter I assume is supposed to get out of the way like if he's in the batter's box and pops it up in foul territory but what like if he just stands his ground what's the ruling there
2: it'd be just a foul ball
0: so if he he fouls it up it's right above his head and he doesn't move the catcher can't get it it's just a foul it's not a interference of any capacity
2: okay how high how high was it i'm sorry i guess that's
0: oh wait wait, just my son it was like you know five feet ten feet in the air but it was like you know it wasn't anything i just it's curious i would think in this situation it wouldn't be like a sky high pop-up it would just be something that was short enough that he could
2: yeah if it's just a little quick thing if it hits the batter it's a foul ball um but if it was um uh, a high pop up, that was right there. Then they would have to get out of the catcher's way, uh, yeah. or, or it would be interference.
0: Yes. Gotcha. All right. I figured as much, but I was just like, huh, I wonder what the ruling is there. If you're gonna stand there and, and knock <laughs> the ball
1: out of the air, you made the call. All right. <laughs> yeah, so, all right, well, uh, so Rod here. Thanks so much for listening to Tigers S R D. There'll be a Ray Riviera batting breakdown. I'm gonna break down. He said he changed his swing. And he's off. He's, he was named the high A central batter of the week last week, along with Bo Brisky was named the pitcher of the week. So oh, I'm going to break that down and we'll be doing that tomorrow. I know Chris, if you want to join me for that tomorrow morning.
0: Uh Yeah, I'll give it a shot. I, I, uh, it'd be definitely interesting. And I I still remember when, when Lance Parrish, we asked him specifically and he said, yeah, if he doesn't stop hitting off his front foot, he's not going to make it to high A and this was two years ago. Yeah. And it, yeah. that's what it looked like was going to happen. And uh yeah, I don't know. He's he's hitting the ball. It, I, I would consider it a a moderate triumph if he hits his way to double A, because I didn't think, you know, after he was playing poorly and then got suspended for PEDs, I think.
1: Yep. Or I, I, I
0: don't know if it was PED or substance P- of abuse yeah, or whatever, o- but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought he was basically done for, but, uh, you know, he's here in high A now and, and he's hitting well enough that maybe he can get boosted up to, to double A soon. So yeah. It's it's one of those positive stories in a minor league system that doesn't necessarily mean that you know he's going to be the majors. But yeah, I'm definitely looking looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, he's not going to be That's I just want to clear that up once and for all. I mean, if it's end up being a dude, we'll be all shocked. So until next week, we'll be back. Uh, it'll be June. I can't believe it's already going to be June. Happy Memorial Day weekend, everybody. Hopefully, for everybody who served, we appreciate it, and we'll see you next time.